this time in the Planet Earth podcast, Fishing for Plastics. I'm Richard Hollingham, and with me here in their lab at the University of Exeter are Tamara Galloway and Matt Cole, who are studying microplastics pollution at sea. And we're going to hear Matt's audio diary from onboard ship, or onboard yacht, in just a moment. But uh, Tamara, just give us the, the background to what you're investigating. What are you looking at? Well, my research focuses on marine pollution. And in terms of marine pollution, you tend to think of the more obvious things like crude oil and oil spills on the beach. But another thing that you'll always see if you go to the beach is plastic. Plastic pollution on the beach or plastic floating in the sea surface. And our research is focusing on what harm that plastic might be doing to marine life. Uh, And we talked about microplastics. You've got some examples here of various bits of plastic that end up in the ocean. Just show us the sort of things. This is some stuff you found in in sand. This is just on a local beach. This is. This is from a beach uh, at Whitsand near Plymouth. And what you can see here is we've got small fragments of plastic that have broken down from larger items. Almost look like pebbles there. So what's that? That's a sort of purpley purpley colour what do you think that is red fragment it looks like it's a piece of packaging material so the majority of things when we actually try and track back where they've come from they've come from packaging food packaging or drinks bottles or other things that are used to transport things released off into the environment and they start to break down you've also got curiously on here a selection of shower gels and and facial scrubs that's um let's not identify who they're made by but here's a a vivid pink one um a raspberry and blackberry facial scrub what's the problem with this well the problem here is that um, many of the plastics that we find in our research are things that have actually been made to be of a small size so this is um, a facial scrub and it's got tiny pieces of plastic in it to help with exfoliating your skin and when these are washed down the sink they go into the sewage system and then they end up in the sea and that's where we can find them on the beach this other piece of plastic you can see here is it's actually called a nurdle. And these <laughs> That's a lovely are, word, isn't it? That's, it's like yeah. a little pellet, like a bead. It's like a little bead, and they're almost like little pearls. And you'll find these on many, many different beaches um, around the UK or around the world. Just about any beach you look at, you'll find these little nurdles. And that this is the way that plastic is transported around the globe before it's used, before it's produced into something else. So that would have got in the sea from, what, a container that had gone overboard or something like that? A container that that had either gone overboard or it's been spilled while it's been being filled up. And these plastics, because they're small and they float, they're sorted out by the waves, they're washed back onto the beaches, and that's where we find them. Now, Matt, you've been on an expedition to gather plastics at sea. And this was, I mean, somewhat unusual. It wasn't a big ship you went on. It was a small yacht. And this was off the coast of uh, Maine in the US. Yeah, that's right. So we collaborated with a group called the Rosalia Project. They're a non-government organisation that have a mission to try and clear up and educate people about marine plastic litter. So we flew in a very small plane from Boston to Rockport um, in Maine. And from there, we boarded on to the American Promise, which is their 60-foot yacht. So very different to your typical kind of research vessel. OK, so let's have a listen to how you and your colleagues got on. OK, so if you two on the bow are ready to deploy, ready. let's go ahead and drop them. Hi, I'm Dr Kerry Lewis. I'm a marine biology lecturer at Exeter University. And I'm out here on the Rosalia Project cruise with Matt and Steph, looking at the marine plastic debris in the Gulf of Maine. 
Wow, lots of mussels. This is actually quite a unique opportunity to do some science under sail. Most oceanographic data is collected from large research vessels with lots of equipment and lots of space to do the science. We're on a 60-foot yacht, which is wonderful in that we're at the mercy of the wind and the tides and the currents in much the same way as the plastics that we're trying to study are. And so it makes us feel much more um, in tune with the environment that we're trying to study. But it also comes with quite obvious challenges in that we have very limited space and not a lot of power to do the science that we need. So we're having to be quite ingenious with some of the techniques that we're using. For example, we're having to use a small food dehydrator to dry out our samples rather than a nice big oven, which is what we'd have on a research cruise. The whole lot's going to go through this. Yeah, so we just want to, yeah. I've just poured the contents of that trawl through a 200 micron mesh. And what this has done is retained all the zooplankton and microplastics bigger than 200 micron in size on the mesh. And I can see lots and lots of zooplankton here, but also dotted in between little white bits of polystyrene and a tiny bit of monofilament line. So I'm just going to seal this up now using staples. And we do this to stop contamination of our samples from clothing or the airborne contamination and what I'm doing now is just popping it in the desiccator so this is a food dehydrator and we're going to be leaving these samples for about 24 hours until they're bone dry and then we'll be sealing them up and not looking at them again until we're back in Exeter. So we've just done our last sail of our trip and we're just heading into Portland Harbour now had a really lucky day of seeing whales, storm petrels and we just spotted an osprey. Um, so it's been an end to a really exciting trip where we collected lots of samples both from the water column and the sediment. And what we're hoping to do is take those back to the lab now and very carefully go through each of our samples to try and identify where the microplastics are found and in what numbers. Matt Cole at sea at the mercy of wind, tide and currents collecting microplastics. So you brought those samples back to the lab. What did you do with them and what did you find? So we took those samples and we had to be very careful how we treated them because we didn't want them to be contaminated from plastics in the air or from our clothing. And what the main goal was to try and decipher how many plastics were in that sample. So to do that we removed the biological material and just had all the plastic material left which we could then look down under a microscope and start separating based on its size, shape and colour. Now you've got this plastic and you would think yeah plastics in the ocean not a good thing but surely the point of this is really to look at the biological impact of the plastic on on the sea and the life in the sea. Well, what's really interesting is that a whole array of different marine organisms can ingest or eat this microplastic litter. And we've shown in the laboratory that animals such as zooplankton and worms, mussels and crabs are all able to eat this plastic. Now, it's not necessarily clear whether that has an effect on them at this stage, but certainly we're seeing that they're ingesting them and it looks like it might be impacting on how much normal food they're able to eat. So Tamara, at this stage you know there is plastic there from quite large chunks as we've seen to these tiny, tiny beads and you know that the uh, life in the oceans is ingesting these. So the next stage is to look at what biological effect it's having. 
That's right, yes. So we've seen many different marine creatures, especially at the base of the marine food web, ingesting plastic. And what we want to determine is, well, does it matter? Does it harm them in any way? Because if it doesn't, um, should we be making a fuss about this? Many of our different experiments have involved chronic feeding studies where animals are living in environments where there is a lot of plastic. And what we're finding is a common theme, that they put on less weight. So they're spending too much time ingesting and processing and attempting to digest plastic, and they're not ingesting healthy, nutritious, organic material. So we probably should be concerned, but you don't know what, to what extent we should be worried. One of the reasons for combining laboratory studies with field studies is we can work out what happens in the laboratory. We need the field studies to tell us exactly how much plastic there is and where it's going. So the key areas that are of concern are areas where we've got a lot of wildlife, a lot of marine life, but we've got a lot of plastic as well. And this is where we think we might be seeing ecological effects. Are you shocked at just how much plastic you're finding, even when you go to these remote parts of the world? Totally. Every single sample that we've looked at from all over the place, even from hundreds of miles out to sea, we're t- finding tiny bits of plastic. It's, it's been quite extraordinary. <laughs> and, and Matt, you just started this new project. So what's your next objective? Well, we're taking the data that we've, we've got from this trip and we're able to then work out the kind of concentrations of plastic that are actually out there in the marine environment. And we can then apply those concentrations in the laboratory and try and determine whether these plastics are affecting the reproduction or survival of these key animals such as zooplankton. So ultimately, Tamara, you're looking for evidence that would then feed into policy of maybe doing something about it. It's such an easy problem to solve. All we need to do is stop throwing plastic into the sea and we won't have a problem anymore. Why do we not do that? Because we need the scientific evidence that it's causing harm. Just saying it doesn't look good isn't enough. Professor Tamara Galloway and Dr Matt Colt, thank you both very much. We'll put some photos from the expedition on Planet Earth Online's Facebook page so you can see the uh, ship for yourself. Uh, We'll also post some pictures on Facebook and Twitter of our recording here today. And that's the Planet Earth podcast from the Natural Environment Research Council. I'm Richard Hollingham. Thanks for listening.